As galleries remain closed, virtually all art sales go digital, and sales seem to be skyrocketing. Find out what this has to do with one's home being where the art is in 4, 3, 2, Hello art enthusiasts and art lovers, welcome to episode 14 of Art Wonderful, the podcast where art is a religion. I'm your host, Nicholas Harper. I'm broadcasting from my art studio deep within the Rogue Buddha Gallery that's in the heart of the Northeast Arts District in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I want to thank you for joining me as we explore everything the arts have to offer. It's the mission of this podcast to spread the gospel of the arts, their essential value to our everyday lives, and to offer a deep dive exploration into this most mysterious of subjects. You can learn more about myself, the Rogue Buddha Gallery, this podcast, and those we have on the show by visiting us online at roguebuddha.com. Click podcast from the menu. Before we get into things, I just want to share what's been going on with me and uh, the Rogue Booty Gallery and in studio. So much goings on this week. Um, today, in fact, I just released a Mother's Day print that is now available at roguebuddha.com forward slash store. Uh, I did the painting specifically with mothers in mind and with the idea of having this print be available. Um, and so to all you mothers out there, much love to you all. Also, I'm excited to have released the fourth free print in the Free Print Friday series. To find out what that's all about and to get your print, visit roguebuddha.com forward slash print. And lastly, if you don't follow me on Instagram, be sure to do so. I'm at Nicholas Harper Fine Art, and uh, I'm planning on this week to start doing some small, shorter video posts uh, where I break down the meaning of or inspiration behind some of my paintings. So hopefully you'll find that a bit enjoyable and informational at the same time. That again is at Nicholas Harper Fine Art on the Instagram. The proof is in the pudding, as they say. Who is the they? Who says that? I don't know. But someone said it, and now I'm saying it, reiterating it myself. This week, my pudding came by way of an article I read that just went to show that a philosophy that I hold near and dear, well, it's not just pie-in-the-sky thinking. The philosophy has to do with the value art has in our lives and that art is, in fact, essential, not unlike any other commodity. This flies squarely in the face of what many might hold as a, well, take-it-for-granted contention that art is a luxury and not all that essential. After all, they might claim it isn't food or shelter, therefore you can live without it, therefore it's not essential. Well, to borrow a phrase from our neighbors across the pond, bullocks. Bullocks on that jive. To demonstrate the absolute prevalence of the arts, consider a thought experiment. Now, I didn't come up with this thought experiment. I read it somewhere on the interwebs a year or two ago, but found it absolutely on point. Basically, the author asks that we think about what our world would look like sans art and the creative fields. In a time of lockdown, this is especially poignant as many have had to come face to face with themselves and without the benefits of the creative realms, well, perhaps a wave of psychosis wouldn't be that unpredictable. 
take, for instance, a world without music. No more radio, no more concerts, no more Pandora or Spotify, no more music videos. It's kind of hard to slow dance or get that jazzercise in while listening to AM Talk Radio. Then take away your television shows and movies. No more Netflix and Prime. No binge-watching Game of Thrones or whatever the kids are into these days. Next, the visual arts. No more paintings, sculptures, that favorite photograph of strangers kissing after the war. Gone. Now we'll take away all the well-designed furniture. Your rugs and wallpapers. That neat zodiac shower curtain. The well-apportioned dining set. Time to say goodbye to the jewelry, the watch, the Louis Vuitton purse. In fact, it's rucksack fabric from here on out. Jute and hemp. Well, breathable at least. Then we go for the video games, fictional books, poetry, and even cars. And neat looking buildings and bridges. Really, I'm just hitting the tip of the creative iceberg here. If you think art is really a luxury and non-essential, well, I would beg to differ. And that brings me to the point of the article I read this week and how it supports this idea. But first... About three years ago, I wrote an article on today's topic for my blog, but never got around to the final edit or publishing it. Essentially, I talked about art being necessary and art being a reflection or mirror of our soul. Themes that have become, well, pretty common within this podcast. To demonstrate the effect of art in our life, I asked that we think of a time that we were in someone's house, and upon entering, we realized that there was nothing on the walls. This might be a common occurrence or not that unusual for someone relatively young and perhaps just moving out on their own for the very first time. Funny enough, though, I bet if we were able to get a peek of their bedroom at their parents' house or their dorm room, we would probably be overloaded with things decorating the walls, from band posters to personal art, photos of themselves and friends, and any number of items that, well, reflect their soul. I would postulate that perhaps when moving into a house or apartment for the first time, other than financial reasons, that things might be a bit sparse for a while as they're actually going through a transitional time, essentially growing into a new stage of their life. And as such, as what's happening on their insides is changing, well, their outside expression, it'll lag a little bit behind, and it'll take some time to catch up. At least we hope it does catch up. But coming back to the house with nothing on the walls, what reaction does that elicit? I know I had that experience about a year ago. I went to a friend's house, and upon entering, the first thing I noticed was that he had nothing on the walls. As a result, the room felt hollow, uninviting, and frankly unalive. Now, he had a good excuse for his barren wallscape, as he had recently moved. I knew this lack of art or anything decatorial. Decatorial, is that a word? It's now a word, decatorial. Well, it wasn't a reflection of him, as he had a ton of soul, so to speak. He just hadn't had time to let it manifest in his living environment as of that moment. It was all in boxes. Now, walking into a space that's barren and where there isn't such an excuse, well, I don't mean to cast judgment or dispersion on anyone or their living environment. Suffice it to say, these environments aren't as welcoming as they could be. An artist friend of mine used to work for a catering company 
that was a regular go-to for those who owned homes on a few of Minneapolis's more posh lakes. He catered everything from small intimate gatherings to blowout to-dos. He would share with me stories from the events, but most interesting to both he and I were the art collections that adorned these more well-heeled abodes. Or, to be more accurate, we were more interested with what art didn't adorn many of these said walls. As it turns out, quite a few of these homes were decorated not with original art, but posters of, say, Van Gogh's sunflowers in super expensive frames. Now, I have nothing against those that are wealthy, and also I don't have anything against those with what I consider bad taste. Taste, after all, is subjective and easily malleable with varying inputs. However, one of the purposes of this podcast is to spread the good news of the arts and its potential to elevate the human spirit. While I can't make any personal judgments on homes like this or their occupants, I do feel a tinge of, well, something. I can't really put my fingers on it. It's kind of like seeing unfulfilled potential. There's so much potential in these homes, not just to create vibrant spaces that sing to the artistic gods, but to unleash the inner soul of those living there, to raise their spirits beyond what they could ever imagine. You might be thinking these words a bit much, but I would disagree. I have two clients in particular that come to mind. They're a married couple and have been collecting my work for a number of years. We're now actually pretty good friends. They also collect work from a wide range of other artists, and every time I walk into their home, well, it's like walking into a temple of sorts. My mind is instantly transported to a higher level. Now, of course, we share a similar aesthetic, and so for me, their collection is one that I could easily see having myself, and I feel right at home being surrounded by such lovely work. But the point is, their home is a clear testament to their inner spirit and being. It's important to note here, though, that size doesn't matter, not of the art or of the collection itself. I've also been in homes that had only a few smaller works of art, along with other less painterly decoration. And these homes were equally inviting and full of spirit. It isn't how much art somebody owns, or who the artist is, or how big the art is. It matters if it's genuine to the owner's soul and spirit, if it's a reflection of them. And this is why posters of a famous painting in an expensive frame just doesn't do it for me. I know these people have bigger spirits than this. It's also why at times it can be fairly obvious when someone hired a decorator to design the living space and pick the art. Now, no two decorators are the same. And I've known some amazing interior designers who approach their profession much like I do with art. They do so as a vocation, and as such, they take it upon themselves to help their clients find their soul and match them with artworks that reflect it. In those situations, the outcome can be quite stunning, and hopefully the client's better able to touch base with their inner self more readily as a result. But then there are the other cases where art was just brought in to fill the gaps. I think this is fairly obvious to most, and hopefully, if you're one of those who has a home with art just simply filling gaps, Maybe this will help you to realize the situation, and if that art doesn't make your heart sing, well, we can work on getting you something that does. Because frankly, everyone deserves to live in an environment that uplifts and inspires their spirit. And that brings me to the article I read this week.
While perusing some art business stuffs on the interwebs this week, I came across an article that showed that art sales online are booming. Now, obviously, online art sales are going to be spiking at a moment when people aren't allowed to go into art galleries and their only means to buy art for the most part is via the interwebs. Makes sense, right? But then the article went beyond this in asking why are people buying so much art right now? And their conclusion fit pretty well with what I've been thinking all these years. See, as people are forced to stay at home or work from home, they're perhaps for the first time starting to realize just how uncomfortable or non-reflective of their being their living situation is. See, when we're busy moving all about town from jobs to bars to shows and restaurants and the gym, we might not spend all that much quality time in our home. And when we do, we might be distracted by Netflix, sleep, etc. So now that we're finding ourselves in our house more than ever, and potentially with more free time than ever, well, we're starting to pay attention to our living environment a little bit more. And I think many are maybe realizing that their environments are, well, coming up a bit short. Also, it might be that they've just changed over time, and the environment hasn't kept up with what's going on inside of them. For whatever reason, essentially, I believe they're realizing that their walls aren't inspiring them or uplifting their spirits. And the best fix for that, well, it's new painting or sculpture or photograph. It's art. And so people are going online in record numbers, looking for that which will inspire them, add some vitality to their environment, and lift their spirits. In tandem with this is the fact that perhaps people are also spending a bit more time with just themselves, being themselves, and being present. I think this is the first crucial element necessary to becoming a co-creator and active participant in your life and human experience. You have to have self-reflection and self-awareness. And once that spark of self-awareness begins to shine through the chaos and distraction of the modern world, such as all that Netflix and whatnots, well, it'll want to express itself and manifest outwardly. Here again, I think, is a major reason why people are looking to decorate their homes with art. Their soul is starting to shine through. It's also why so many have begun to take up various creative hobbies, once all the distraction is taken away or gets old quick as the binge-watching might have become, well, it's time to pick up a pen and start writing a poem, or pick up that guitar you haven't touched in 20 years and start strumming. Maybe it's just going live on Facebook with a glass of wine to share some stories. Whatever the case may be, I think this current time is an opportune time for the human spirit to grow. Going back to art as luxury versus essential, well, if the fulfillment of the human spirit isn't essential, then I don't know what is. At the end of that blog post that related to this topic and that I never published, I ended with the following thoughts. One that I shared at a public presentation I made last year as part of a larger evening of talks from Northeast Minneapolis gallery owners. I'm actually working on another little project where this will hopefully be included and hopefully I'll have published in the very near future. I'll keep you updated. But I quote, When studying the earliest human civilizations and habitations we're aware of, scientists find evidence of the necessities of their life emphasis on the word necessity. They find evidence of the food they ate, types of shelter, remnants of clothing, 
burial grounds, tools, and weapons. But perhaps most strikingly, they find art. Drawings on the walls and ceilings depicting animals, people, shapes, and patterns. And if you're a conspiracy enthusiast like myself, some may even depict aliens and spacecraft. But the point is this. Art is present. And how remarkable is that? That with the earliest of our kind, those who were most concerned with pure survival, a life wrought with the stark realities of life versus death, man versus nature, that art is present. By way of its very presence, whether as communication or just decoration, we can be convinced of the fundamental role and importance art has to the human experience, and as a necessity for our survival, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Now, you might be wondering where you can get all this art online. Well, sure enough, don't you know? The Rogue Buddha has an online store. Just go to roguebuddha.com forward slash store. But there's a lot more out there in this big old art world. And two places you're going to want to check out are mplsart.com and nema.org. mplsart.com is the most up-to-date and current resource for all things Minneapolis arts related. You can read numerous arts-related articles and find out about virtual events going on the interwebs. They also have an essential directory of galleries linked up so you can visit all the awesomeness the city has to offer. That again is at our good friends mplsart.com. Before leaving the interwebs, be sure to check out our other great friends at nema.org. That's the Northeast Minneapolis Arts Association. And spend some time sifting through the artist profiles. With over 1,000 artist members, there's a ton of art for you to enjoy and fall in love with. That again is at nema.org, N-E-M-A-A dot org. And one last note, if you have any questions that you might want answered, feel free to email them to me at roguebuddha at hotmail.com. Just type question in the subject line. In the near future, I'll be releasing a special episode of Art Wonderful where I'll be answering as many of your questions as I can. And that's a wrap for this episode of Art Wonderful, coming to you from deep inside the Rogue Buddha Gallery. I want to thank you for joining me, and I hope you do so again and often. And please feel free to share this podcast with your art-loving friends. Until next time, remember, the best life is the creative life, and the best self is the artistic self. Cheers. Cheers.